In 2019, a crack commando duo was sent to prison by the FCC for a crime they did not commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security prison to the podcast underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as fugitives. If you have a problem, if no other podcast can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the devil and the gent. We may never be royals. It just don't run in our blood. That kind of lux just ain't for us. We crave a different kind of buzz. Let me be your ruler, podcast land, and you can call me the space cowboy, gangster of love, or even Maurice. But I am the Jersey Devil, and you have wandered into another dimension that is the Devil and the Gents' second season of Podcast Mayhem. I am joined by my slippery when wet behind the ears, but absurdly talented producer, the snowiest of snowflakes millennial. <laughs> he is the Georgia gentleman. You hit a lot of different demographics with that intro there. Between, All over. Yeah, between Royals and Steve Miller Band. Right. That was pretty good. Bridge and Bon Jovi. <laughs> Throw that in the middle. Bridging the gap between generations. In other words, older people just working with these millennials and getting them smarter, okay? That's where we're going. But yeah, I'm glad you hit that. Good music taste. Good work, Jen. Yeah, that was a strong intro for season two. How about that? Yeah. Second season, everybody. I know. We made it through the first one. Did knocked out 10 episodes during the summer when not a whole lot was going on. And we're starting season two off strong with the first week of football. Yeah, we're going from the dog days of summer with little or no sports commentary. We don't have to worry about talking about any more skim borders or any of that stuff. We are headed right into the NFL is where we're going to be the mainstay. We're still going to have our other parts of the show, Jeff, but you want to break them down, tell them what the show's got, what we have looking forward coming up here on this show today? Yeah, so we're going to be heavy on the NFL to say the least this fall, but more importantly, we're going to give you a handful of Sunday games, you know, some of our best picks, I guess you could say, but we're going to hit the Thursday night game pretty hard. We're going to give you some chances to put a few a few numbers in your bank account, if you will, a few coins in your pocket, a few beans in the pot. Mm-hmm. So we're going to yeah. give you the opportunity to pick the games coming up. All right, we're going to start with that NFL game on Thursday night, which in this season is the big opener, which we'll get to in a minute. But I'd like to, again, thank everybody for tuning in. And we've made it to season two. Season one was a raving success. We couldn't be happier. Jen, I think we're ready for season two to put it on. What do you think? Yeah, I'm excited about it. And we made some new friends in podcast land, our Yankees fireside chatters. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, Putin the boys. Right? <laughs> They're going to have me on next week. Yankees fireside chat on the opener. I told them between the Yankees playing the Red Sox that night and the Steelers opening up, against the evil, vile New England Patriots that night, <laughs> the devil is going to be lit up like a Roman candle. So if they want to do an interview with me next Sunday, good luck to them. But I think I'm definitely going to lay the millennial smackdown since I'm going to be in the middle of millennial tardation with three of them, not just one of you, gent, but you've, you've, you've worked me in. I can handle your, your youth, your, your type out there, the know-it-alls. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you tell people why we're doing this? Yeah, well, I know that. Poot with Yankees Fireside Chat and myself, we want to make a little bit of money on this eventually. Oh, come on. 
you know, F that. F Podcast that. land, F <laughs> that. And I don't use that lightly. I'm doing this for amusement, okay, as in my own amusement. I don't do roller coasters. I don't do water slides. I don't do any of that nonsense. This is my thrill ride. This podcast, broadcasting, that's my thrill ride. And occasionally a peyote button here or there. (laughs) But this is it. This is why I'm doing it. This is fun and we see other talent and we're expanding and we're taking on the big boys. Why? Because we realize how they are lacking. Whether it's from ESPN to Barstool, there's a definite need for podcasts to be more entertaining, more real, more actual, and more entertaining. And with the way most of those jabronis are covering it, we got them beat like a rented mule. Wouldn't you say, Jen? I'd agree with that. Yeah, so I see a couple other guys we've reached out, and now we're, yes, we're, I guess, conglomerating would be the best way yeah, to put it. So, uh, yeah, definitely tune in. All Devil and Jen fans, tune in to Yankees Fireside Chat. Number one, because the show is awesome with a capital good, okay? Number two, because <laughs> I'm wreaking my havoc there on Sunday, all right? So if you hadn't heard him before, next Sunday, the interview from hell literally is going down as the devil and gent will visit and sit down by my fireside, the Yankee Fireside Chat. Well, from the diamond to the gridiron, you want to talk about our first segment? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we're going to hold off on the specifics coming up. We're going to break down this Thursday night game. Whew, I don't want to talk about it right now to give it away, but wow, what a game. Yeah, we're these Thursday night games this is what we're going to do. We're going to release this podcast every Tuesday. The Devil and the Gent, season two will release on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Our first segment is going to be that Thursday night game. The first thing we're going to do, pioneering. You know what a pioneer is, Gent? No, what's a pioneer? Oh, you're no. I know what a pioneer is. <laughs> well, see, I don't know whether it's rhetorical or not because sometimes you millennials don't know shit. All right, but I'll give you, I hope you know what a pioneer is. They wore mm-hmm. like funny hats and like, I don't know, Daniel Boone type looking people. Yeah. That's what I think of. The first to do it is my point. We are going to be the first show, first wagering show. We're going to break down Thursday night game. And the first thing we're going to tell you is is it a gotta have action night meaning we don't have a damn idea of who's gonna win or cover the spread and we just have a few few points on this thing just for the sake of entertainment because you got to have action when you're watching the game Mm -hmm. it's either going to be that kind of game or it's going to be a very good economic opportunity and things in between so we'll qualify that Thursday night game and say hey this is one we think we have it broken down and we think we know what we're doing and this would be a great time to maybe put a little extra date money down on the line. Yeah. So nonetheless, we're going to be doing every single Thursday night. We're going to be giving you a pick. Absolutely. That is the actuality, as my Frankie Blue Eyes Sinatra would say. <laughs> well, you want to get into this Thursday night game? Oh, do I want to get into it? Look, <laughs> you can't just jump into a game of this magnitude. You know, you got to give it to what it you is. say going from the going from the diamond to the gridiron. Come on, man. That's 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 <laughs> that's, that's that's bush league. All right. How about this? We will be looking live okay. at Soldier Field this Thursday. One of the more iconic opening matchups in recent memory. The Monsters of the Midway. The Bears! <laughs> hosting the Invaders from Green Bay, Wisconsin. The Cheeseheads, led by Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the pack. Trying to get the regime of Matt LaFleur. First game as an NFL coach. A lot of talk about there. Mm-hmm. Trying to get the you know his whole campaign, trying to get that off with a winning start, and it would be a huge start. 
for the Packers to go in there into that windy city, especially since the Bears have won five out of six. But this is the Thursday night game. What a great game. Gent, I have my goosebumps have goosebumps on them. Yeah, and I feel like typically Thursday night games are kind of not great matchups, you know, but they started off strong with this one in week one. Um, kind of sad. No more color rush uniforms this year, though. Do you hear that? No. I, I'm not just... <laughs> dear God, is, it, is that like the neon stuff they are wearing when they ran around last year? I mean, it looked like a couple of highlighters running around yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah I'm, not, I'm not sad. You're not, not missing that? No. <laughs> I guess sales of said highlighter jerseys probably weren't too good. They certainly don't make those decisions based on what we want to watch. Mm-hmm. They make those decisions on, of course, what jerseys are going to sell. Yeah. So, all right, no more of that stuff. That's that's fine with me. But so I think I think the biggest storyline heading into that game is going to be can Aaron Lodger, Aaron Rodgers and Lafleur can they get along and how is, how are they going to mesh in that first game? Yeah, it's yeah. going to be interesting to see. Of course, you know, it's first game of anything. God, I, I am so excited for this. Yeah. NFL is back. My gosh, I ordered a new couch. I was so happy about that. But yet, this game is going to be <laughs> intense. New couch with... looks good, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Hope I don't have to spend too many nights on it, but thank <laughs> So, this game in Chicago. Yes, it's still a first game. And the first game of any level. Throw some... Let me, let me wax poetically at you, Jen. Mm-hmm. All right, a little coach speak here. You're never going to be good in your first game in the eyes. You're never going to have a good performance. You just try to be less ugly than the other guy across the field and get out of there with a win. Typically, especially now with the Stars not playing any preseason games, don't expect it to be, you know, the the Packers and Bears in midseason, but who cares? You're talking about just two teams that are going to slug at each other, man. I mean, this is a, yeah, it's a matchup. It's anticipated, and we've looked at it as far as breaking it down, and, you know, now we just got to decide, is this game going to be a got-to-have action? Mm Mm-hmm. Or do we sniff out a pretty good economic opportunity? Now, okay, so the line we have is it's three points to the Bears, correct? Yes. Caroline has the Bears giving the Packers three, which everybody out there, that just means they should be dead even. You get three points for being at home. Yeah. The game is in Chicago. The Bears are giving the Packers three points. Packers lose by three, it's a wash. You don't lose any money. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it all comes down to the quarterback. Are you betting on Aaron Rodgers? Are you betting on Mitch Trubisky? Hmm. So. If, if I'm just betting Aaron Rodgers, Mitch Trubisky, to argue your point, Jump there, that's an easy no-brainer. Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't be an economic opportunity. That would be as close to la 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 I can't say it. But if I yeah, could yeah. say lock, that would be as close to it as if you're just taking that. But you know who's going to have something to say about it? Those monsters of the midway on the other side of the ball. The Bears defense is nasty ass. And how do we not – how do we get more than 47 seconds into Bears-Packers without talking about that nasty linebacker the Chicago Bears have? Khalil Mack. There you go. Yeah. He is Mac- Coming off Mac- the edge. Ooh. Mac Daddy Badass right there. Yeah. yeah. So that guy completely, you know, has Lawrence Taylor-like ability, Erlacher sure. quite ability. In other words, ability to change J.J. Watt the whole game from the linebacker spot, and that's what Mac possesses. He can do that. I agree. Yeah. So that's the Bears' defense is really good. Typically this time of year, the offenses are a little ahead of the defenses. We'll see if, if that that's, mm-hmm. that'll be in the favor of Green Bay. Yeah. 
I don't think we got to worry about snow in the forecast, right? No, there's not going to be bear weather up in Chicago. So might be a little windy, though. I feel like, you know, it's always windy this time of year. But You think? Either way. What, I th- what gave it away? The fact that the city is nicknamed <laughs> the Windy City? Is that what gave it away? <laughs> Holy hell. I mean, sweet, sweet. Oh, sweet, sweet Joan of Arc, you millennials. You're obviously kill me. Well, anyways, back to back to Aaron Rodgers. You know, I think that him and Devontae Adams, yeah. that's going to be a huge connection to keep an eye out on, too. I think if they can connect and get on the same page, I think that's I think that's the Green Bay's biggest weapon, you could say, right, right there is that connection. I, I agree, and I think that's the most exciting part if you're a Green Bay fan because those receivers were banged up all year last year, yeah. including... So they really had it had Aaron Rodgers throwing to a depleted receiving corpus to be the best way I could put it last year. So certainly get the anticipation of 2019 is going to be different. And the way Aaron Rodgers can go out there and sling it around, I mean, against any defense, he's just got to you know, not turn the ball over. And I think it comes down to that, Jen. I say that kind of game early on comes down to look at one statistic the day after. Mm-hmm. On Friday morning, you look at turnover differential. And I'm going to go with whoever creates more turnovers is going to win that game. What say you? Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, yeah, I think that's a great point because Chicago, you know, they have the defense to do it. But you, like, you, like you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers, he takes care of the football. You know, it doesn't matter who, who's catching the ball. He's going to make smart decisions and take care of the football. So Agree. So, yeah. What, 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 and I can tell you're leaning towards Green Bay if that's the case because Aaron Rodgers does take care of the football. Yep. I was going to say – there's a, a Packer offensive line is healthy in addition to receiving. Court. That's a good so, point. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they might even, you know, they have to have some type of balance or, or I don't care how good you are of taking care of the football. Mm-hmm. If you got to go and throw the ball 40 times against the Bears defense, you know, losing is one thing. You don't want to lose Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the season because he gets banged to hell. Yeah. So, I mean, they got to do that. But I, I, I think the offensive line that I duly noted. And then if we switch revolt, uh, rolls around, well, let's turn it around and talk about Green Bay's defense, Jen. Your thoughts on, on the Packers' defense? Yeah, I mean, they that was one of the sides of the ball where they needed they felt like they needed to make an adjustment on. And one of the key position groups that they did make an adjustment on was the outside linebacker core. Um, they added Zadarius Smith from the, from the Ravens last year. He was an outside linebacker. And the Ravens had, like, the best defense in the NFL last year. He was a big part of that. Yeah, the kid Smith from Kentucky, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. Darius With, Smith from yeah, Kentucky. Yeah, he, he's 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 tough linebacker. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, and then you look at Preston Smith as well. So um, they have the Smith guys on the on the outside linebacker position group. I think that that's going to be the key to contain Mitch Trubisky. If you follow me, so these guys are going to be coming off the edge. You need right. fast outside linebackers to contain him because he's going to be rushing and using his legs. And he's really good at throwing on the move. So I think that's key. You want to have good outside linebackers, and then you want to force him to throw it over the top. And if you for because last year he, and the and the year before that when he started a little bit in his rookie campaign he proved that when they don't throw him up throw up the field as much. Is it third year in the league for Trubisky? Third now. year in the league. Yep. Right. How how did he make out his last year in his, in his second year? That would that would be a big role in that. I know his rookie year he was he got off to a really good start. Yeah, I thought I thought he's been solid. Okay. Solid, but I mean he's not Aaron Rodgers. I think he's he's a poor man's Aaron Rodgers because he can use his legs, but he can't throw on the move like Aaron Rodgers yet. He does a pretty good job of it, but if they can keep him com- contained, I think that the Packers are going to have the upper hand in this game. Okay, just based on that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I agree, and I think we've broken down each without getting too technical, which we don't do, folks. We are not starting to get into statistics and things that figures and uh, – no. 
we're not doing that. We're going to break it down just like we did for you. We're going to give you some basic, simple information on all sides of the ball that we feel are relevant. And then we're going to come up with deciding whether this is a toss-up. This has got to have action or this is... This is an economic opportunity. I think so. I think so. You're going with economic opportunity on this. Yeah, feel great about the Packers. Gent and I both, right now, I guess one one deciding fact to throw in, because I guess our job now is to help people who are not quite on board get on board yet. Well, you know, let's make this simple. What's the point spread? Bears by three. And you know what else is three points? A field goal is oh, worth three man. points, right? And you so, talking double doink? Oh, yeah, bro. <laughs> well, hold on. Let's stick to the positives first. Okay. All right. Packers got a guy named Crosby kicking the ball. Now, he ain't no Bing, but Mason Crosby. Good kicker. How old are you? Are you talking Bing Crosby? Come on, man. <laughs> I am old. I've got, I've got, you know what? I've got socks that are both older and cleaner than you are, Jen. Just saying. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Uh, it can't be good for you. <laughs> Might be good for me. All right, I digress. Yes, so you got, in all seriousness, folks, you got Mason Crosby, who's a real good place kicker. And this time of year, it may not be the, the elements at Soldier Field probably are not going to be all that hard, but it's an experienced guy who's still used to that field, used to kicking there. Yeah, that's a good point. And with the Bears... Well, they got a brand new... After the double-doinking fiasco that cost wagers plenty of money last year in the playoffs. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Bears kicker, the little double-doinker. Hit the yeah. upright, came down, fell on the crossbar to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. They got rid of that guy. But they have an unproven kicker now. All right, new in the league. So, you know, throw that in there in a game that's this close? Yeah, you should. Yeah, it might special come down te- to a field goal. It very well could. Sure. Mm-hmm. And special teams are always overlooked. But if you look at the really great teams, they typically have really great special teams. So, yeah, once in a while, we're going to throw some special team stuff at you. Dominate all three phases of the game is what great teams do. You know, that is very profound. Maybe we should just ditch this podcast and apply for an NFL coaching job (laughs) on that. So, for the recap, Thursday opener, the devil and the gent. We are Packers backers. Take the Packers take the three points and we see it as a pretty good economic opportunity so go ahead and throw a few extra date dollars down on it you said packers backers yeah because we're supporting we're backing the packers there's two that's kind of cheesy though isn't it it yeah oh nice nice one okay (laughs) that was terrible terrible sweet sweet (laughs) Jane of Arc, don't do that to me anymore, please. Jane of Arc, don't you mean Joan of Arc? No, gent, I'm pretty sure the cowboy junkies sang a song about Jane, sweet, sweet Jane of Arc. I'm pretty sure it was Jane, gent. Where'd you get the Arc, though? You're talking about the Joan of Arc, right? You know, you dear little, <laughs> you apathetic, theologically uninformed millennial. It was Noah who had the Ark. Regardless of this, no more lessons. (laughs) We need to get into Sunday's games before there is something like a third-degree assault charge dropped on me. You're right. Let's reel it back in. That's your job. (laughs) Sweet, sweet Jane. Okay. Well, we do have a few picks for you for Sunday. 
Yeah, yeah, we do. We've scanned the games. We've come up with our best picks, as we'll do each week after the Thursday night game. We'll come up with our best. Now, we don't need to qualify these. We see all of these as viable economic opportunities. Again, mm-hmm. don't risk more money than you have in your pocket. Keep this about the entertainment end of things. Don't get crazy. Never bet on credit. All right, that said, we looked at a couple games. Kind of like had a, what I would say, a Mad Max Road Warrior theme to them on what do you think, Gent? You think home field advantage is more important, less important in the beginning of an NFL season, first game? What say you? I think in the beginning, I really don't think it's as important. Well, what do you think? I think it's not as important, and here's why. Yes. Home field is not about all the rabid fans, the 90,000 people cheering and wanting to blood and all that. It's not. Okay? It's not about the noise they create. Yeah, that can inconvenience teams, but it's not about that either. It's really about being comfortable. That's what home field advantage is. So you think game one, week one, nobody's comfortable. Yeah. Even the home team. It's mm-hmm. their first home game of the season. So anybody who's new to the team obviously never played in the stadium before. And it just has a different feel. So I think because of, like we said earlier in the podcast, you, week one, it's all about not playing good football, but just being less ugly than the other person and committing less turnovers than the other squad. Yeah. So, I, I, I tend to think it means less, and I think that's where we should probably – that's a great place for us to start and take a look at the economic opportunities of the week on Sunday, week one of the National Football League. All right, first game I want to look at. We're going down where the stars are bright. They're big and bright. At night. Jerry Jones land? Something, something in the heart <laughs> of Texas. Yes, we're going to Jerry land. Yeah, where if you're really lucky – you get to see a punter bounce balls off the overhead, what, the Videotron there? Yeah. The and that was going the, on? The massive one that they have. Yeah, punters were taking target practice when they first opened just to kind of put a thumb in Jerry's eye. I probably would too. Sure. <laughs> that being said, it has nothing to do with this game. We have, as of today, Labor Day, an Ezekiel Elliott-less Dallas Cowboy team. Or should I say a Cowboys-less Ezekiel Elliott? Either way. He ain't playing this week. Yeah, and you said comfortability is a big one, Playing, being comfortable at home. Well, the Cowboys aren't going to be comfortable no matter where they play without Ezekiel Elliott on the team. He's a massive part of their offense. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's going to right off the bat affect that game. The fact the Giants are seven-point underdogs yeah. as of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big spread in the NFL. It is a big spread, and I, I can't imagine it'll stay there. It, it's got to go down. Most people, when they're listening to this, most of, the, most of our – Fans out there on podcast land is probably going to be more realistically around five, five and a half, six. Take it. Yeah. Okay, take it. Still take the Giants and the points. Zeke's not there. Dallas is playing with that distraction. And everyone's overlooking the Giants. And Saquon Barkley is healthy. Yeah, and that offensive line? Revamped. Revamped. Retooled. Yeah. Any other cliche, I want to say they got a whole lot better, folks. Yeah, less problems in the locker room, you could say. Oh, definitely that. You're seeing that across the league, yes. yes. Uh, that, that's that's going to be a theme uh, on this show, too, with our next pick, right? Oh, I thought you meant that subtraction, addition by subtraction. I do, I do, getting rid of OBJ. Well, I'm not getting rid of you, Jen, don't worry. <laughs> oh, you mean the content on this show. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean scaring anybody. Of course not. Jet and I are Siamese twins attached to the hip. <laughs> we both look at my half in the mirror. All right, so the Giants are, are, yes, they lost Odell Beckham. Now they have lost Shepard, who's brought in basically to be their number one guy at receiver. He is not going to play at least the first couple weeks. 
so he will not be there mm-hmm. this week either. So their Giants receiving corps are a little down. I mean, you lose your number one after losing your number one, probably making your locker room much better. But you lost Odell, and now Shepard's out. So how are they gonna how are they gonna cope with that? I know how I would. A lot of bubbles to Saquon. Hell yes! Saquon, throw him out wide. He's gonna be their top receiver too. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's exactly how you cope that. And and the Giants historically. If they can go to the tight end, that's what makes their offense click. So it's yeah. that'll be an interesting thing to key on Sunday too. See if see if a guy can emerge for the Giants in the tight end position. But either way, with the Giants defense, it's completely revamped. Speaking of which, got new personnel in there. Mm-hmm. Lost a problem on defense too. Got rid of Land- ship Landon Collins out for the good of the team. Remember, so use those picks. Took some defensive players, and I think this Giant defense is going to enable them to compete. And I think Saquon Barkley is going to be able to take them over the hump as far as maybe winning a couple games that they're not expected to this year. But either way, you know, we've talked to big picture, micro picture this Sunday, weakening one, go ahead and take, lock it in, get the Giants in the points. Yep, I like it a lot. And then, so our next game we have, Steelers and the Patriots. Oh, let's, a let's, good one. let's let's hold off on that one. Okay, you want to save that one for the end then? I want to tease that like an okay. S, never mind. Yeah, we're going to save that one to the mm-hmm. end. That's, that's the Sunday night game. Okay. So you want to go? You want to go up to Minnesota then? Minnesota? What the hell am I going? Oh, do I want? Yeah, no. But I want to talk about the game being played in Minnesota. <laughs> I don't want to go to Minnesota, but the game, yeah, yeah. It's probably snowing up there already. Yeah. So the Falcons heading up to Minnesota. Yes, Falcons. Dirty Birds traveling from Hot Atlanta, okay, to a different time zone, going to Minnesota. Minnesota is going to be interesting this year. Let's, let's start with them because the focal point of this game is going to be that Minnesota defense, and they are very, very good. Yeah. All right. They, we, they probably, in my mind, rivaled second, maybe only two, the Chicago Bears defense we talked about earlier. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But that also tells you the devil and the gent ain't afraid to go against a great defense, especially early on in this NFL season. It doesn't get earlier than week one. I think Minnesota's defense is not going to be quite up. They got a couple of early injuries, and they're not going to be quite to the same form you're going to see in the middle of October. Mm-hmm. So the fact that their defense has that great personnel, a lot more chemistry involved in defense. It really has to gel to play that that team style unit, especially that Minnesota does. And if I use the counter argument to what's going to be facing the Viking defense, well, we all know who the Atlanta quarterback is. It feels like he's he's been in Atlanta forever. Yeah. Matt Ryan, right? you know Matty what you know, what, you know what you're getting from him year after year. He's consistent. He's always going to be in the top of the league in passing yards and touchdowns. He's, I think, he, I think he's pretty consistently a top five, top eight quarterback in the league. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. Mm-hmm. Certainly a household name. Who this ain't his first rodeo. And by the way, he's throwing the ball to a pretty good guy yeah, named I would Julio so. Jones, <laughs> or should I say Julio Jones? Yeah, and I think I mean it's hard to even argue. You can argue he's the best receiver in the league hands down. He's got all the tools, the athletic ability and everything. But you know what interests me about the Falcons too? Everybody knows how good Jones is. You have Calvin Ridley, not yeah. a rookie anymore, and you have Mohamed Sanu. So I think that three-headed monster of a receiving core, especially with Ridley, he had 10 touchdowns last year as a rookie. Yeah, and yeah. he put him like in bunches, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's streaky, but I think that he's going to he could have a really really good sophomore campaign. So, but other than that, you know what else excites me about the Falcons? What's that? They have a healthy defense this year yeah i mean i i was i was reading about that that intrigued mm. me because they had two critical players crucial players i should say crucial players go down with critical injuries last year it cost them i'm speaking of keanu neal 
and Ricardo Allen. Yeah, it's, yeah, the secondary. Yeah, really provided the depth of that secondary, and they got torched. Atlanta did over the top in a lot in a lot of games. Without you take out two two key contributors like those two, and they happily are going to welcome those cats back. And that was my thought: is now that they got them back, Kirk Cousins still that was a pretty disappointing campaign last year in Minnesota. You got a, a Atlanta, improved Atlanta defense. And you got Kirk Cousins coming to you know trying to get back in the flow of things. And what's your thoughts? No, I agree. I agree. I agree. I think we both agree. Take the Falcons to cover, right? All right. Let's not complicate things. Absolutely. So, in Atlanta at Minnesota, you want to get on, get on the Dirty Birds. Atlanta Falcons plus four. Wouldn't be surprised if that goes to three or three and a half either. We'll put that out with each one, but definitely take the Atlanta Falcons on the road to be able to compete with, if not defeat, the Minnesota Vikings. So Atlanta plus four in that last one. Nice. And I know I know you wanted to talk about a couple more picks we get before we get to our finale with the Patriots and Steelers. So you have a couple more picks for us? Oh, what a finale. Yeah, I'm getting excited again thinking about that Sunday night game. Yeah. Those of you at home, sorry, I have some black and gold bias pumping through my veins. I won't deny it. Can't. You're Yinzi, you're Yinzi. You can't deny it. All right, so... San Francisco at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is just giving one point. All right, they're a one-point favorite at home. You got Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been out for an entire season. No one knows what to expect. He was a flash in the pan as it was with New England. Can he be good? Certainly. Has the potential. All right, they traded him. He did well for him one year, but sat out all last year with a big-time injury. Their offense is nicked up. Tampa Bay, this is a make-or-break year for both coach and quarterback, most people would argue, right? James Winston and, and, and then... Definitely, they're on the hot seat. So they're going to be coming all guns and blazing at home. I just think, if nothing else, this is our what we call trend wagering, gent, where we take things that are trends and usually happen. Yeah. And they're not a gimme, but usually over time, if you do enough of them, they work. Well, West Coast teams that travel to the East Coast and play usually are at a distinct disadvantage. That three-hour time zone, that jet lag is real. You know, you're going from it's 10 in the morning. 10 a.m. if you're playing at 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So based on that, we're going to go with Tampa Bay. I like it. All right. So we have the Giants plus 7. We have Atlanta plus 4. Now we're adding Tampa Bay minus 1 to that tally. Now, Jen, now we can do it. Now we can head up north and make that trek to the evil, vile, just venomous Gillette Stadium that is. Patriots personal torture chamber is what it is, Gent. My gosh. Yeah, that, that, those games have just been awesome the past few years. And expect this one to be no different, right? Wouldn't you say? Well, is it no different as the Patriots find some way, shape, or form to beat the Steelers' ass? That kind of different? No, I'm not. I'm. But let's go back. Let's, let's, let's not use history to cloud our judgment. Let's just stay 2019. Yeah. Stay in the now is what I think the Dalai Lama once said. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, staying in the now 2019, the Steelers are getting six points currently as of now. Again, okay. I don't see it going up. Maybe, again, five, five and a half. Yeah. Might drop, yeah. Might drop a point maybe based on I'm anticipating a really close game. Week one, Steelers are full healthy. New England's fully healthy too. Yeah. And they got that yo-yo, you know, back from – Whatever he was doing, the Josh Gordon. Oh, Josh Gordon. Gordon guy. <laughs> that <Yeah>. yo-yo. <laughs> yeah. 
know what he's doing. You know, one month he's in Africa over there with Chappelle, and yeah. then another, another month he's I don't he's even think out. he's a factor in this game. No. At least you hope he's not if you're a Steelers fan. Yeah, right, because he's a big, big play. But the Patriots are without Gronk for the first time. That is true. Yeah. On the flip side, Steelers are without Antonio Brown, I think. Well, the, I think the Steelers, like you mentioned, it's more addition by subtraction with Antonio Brown. Gronk's a huge loss for the Patriots. I think the Steelers are going to be better off without Antonio Brown. Me too. And I'm just going to say it. And and the Steelers, with Roethlisberger, have beaten the Patriots several times. Whatever they are in his career, it ain't good. But they have won four or five ball games mm-hmm. under center. So And they won last year, so. It's been done. Last year in Pittsburgh they won, correct. It's been done. I just think this. I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come up with a with a guess of who's gonna win the game. You know, I, I uh, that would be a that would be an uneducated guess from an uneducated man, which is not anything you wanna listen to. But you do like the Steelers covering. But I do like the Steelers plus six points. Absolutely. As plus six points is a close game either way, and it doesn't have to be. Because Patriots are playing to win, obviously. If they're up 13 points, they're in the prevent defense. An add-on touchdown is quite possible. So, you know, this game could be – I'm not going to be shocked if Pittsburgh wins. In fact, I'll go so far as to say I give them a 50-50 chance of winning. Jen? Okay. Pittsburgh's either going to win or they're not. 50-50. You know, like that gambling odds? Yeah. <laughs> so, I do like the Steelers with, with the six because I think it's going to be a close game. Pittsburgh has a chance to win. Or even if New England is – up by several touchdowns, there's a chance for the, as we all refer to it, the last-minute cover. Oh, you know, yeah. As, as, as wagers know full and well what that thing is like Sports on both ends. Sports gamblers' nightmares. Oh, <laughs> talk about both ends of the pendulum there. Seen it all. Yeah. So anytime you get a game where you have three different opportunities to win if the, in the scenarios you're thinking, then that's, a, that's an economic opportunity. And on this one, because I'm a Steelers fan, I think I qualify a little bit more. I hate to pick them. Mm-hmm. All right? So it's almost I'm not picking them because I'm a Steelers fan. In fact, sometimes I don't pick them because I'm a Steelers fan. Last thing I want to do as a Steelers fan is be giving points to Cleveland four weeks from now <laughs> or, or anybody or even Cincinnati because they have a tendency to break your heart. All right, as well, far as cover. So I like the fact that they're a six-point underdog in this game. And that's, yes, I've double qualified that. And it's a great, great chance on the Sunday night opening season. You just root for a closed game. You don't have to get too tied up in the outcome, unless you're me, who even, you know, oh, shoot, I'll probably be vomiting black and gold if they lose. Well, you want to recap? Yeah, our recap. So we have kind of like the Mad Max Road Warrior, I feel, special games yeah, today, really right? Is. All right, we have the Giants, plus seven. At Dallas, we're taking Atlanta plus four points at Minnesota. We're taking Tampa Bay at home, giving one point to San Francisco. And that's our slate, gent. What do you think? Yeah. Any add-ons? No, I think it's pretty good. You feel good about it? feel great about it. I feel absolutely fan-freaking-tastic about it. About the whole start of the NFL, about everything. I mean, my gosh, if summer was any longer, I was going to start punching myself in the face like Woody Hayes would do on the sidelines of Ohio State. Well, with that being said, I think we're good to wrap up. You know, we got a lot of positive feedback from how you like how you wrap the show up at the end with some good life advice. Yeah. Yeah, what you're not telling them is people love my life advice. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you it's know good. what they love? This is what they do. They listen to what I say and things that I suggest, and they do the opposite. And things have worked out pretty well for them. So <laughs> I'm, again, providing, a, I guess, a, a, the public a service with, with my advice. And today, you know, it's just, it, it's simple. Listen, all right? Life can come at you like a karate chop. Remember this. No one can eat and digest your food for you, Jen. You got to do that yourself. All right, what I'm talking about is ultimately it is only your hard work and lessons learned that determine success. That makes sense, right? Yeah. You're damn right it does. Because <laughs> it came from Bruce Lee. All right? So, yeah, you better heed the words of Bruce Lee. My goodness. And, but all of that does make sense, doesn't it, mm-hmm. folks? I mean, how do we learn? We are wired to learn from failures. Nobody learns from successes we learn from. So don't let a failure keep you down. Pick your ass off the mat and go. Okay? You want, you want something that's inspiring or inspirational? Okay? Shout out there that this young lady that I'm about to speak to, going against tremendous odds. Her name, Courtney Fulmer. Courtney is a beautiful young athlete. Ladies from Utah. You know, she got really punched by suffering a life stroke while still in high school and being an athletic person. You know what she did, Jen? What's that? She punched back. That's what she did. All right? She is up walking, and I'm keeping up with her updates. I got to tell you, she even made it to her older sister's wedding, and it was like less than a month from this tragic stroke and just continued to regain everything. Wow. Feeding, drinking, eating, walking. And as far as I know, the sky's the limit can be a full recovery. And and every time I turn an update, it is way more inspiring than any sporting event could ever hope to be. So everybody put that in perspective. It's also a case of sometimes something absolutely meaningless like Twitter can be used for good. Because that's where I discovered the story. And anybody out there listens to the devil on Twitter, check out Courtney's story too. It's pretty special. Well... We're the devil and the gent, and you wish you were.